All right, well, welcome to our second last chapter, uh, which is chapter seven of our book study. Uh, we'll just do a little check-in to see how things are going because, um, yeah, this is not that easy. Um, so, Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Father Zach. Thanks for asking. I am happy that the sun is shining. I know I probably should not be as affected by the sun as I am, but I'm always happier on a sunny day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little gray the last couple of days. And then also I see, uh, so we drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Just want to give a shout out to Catholic mm-hmm. to the Max for their coffee mugs. Yep. You're reading a, you have a St. Teresa of Calcutta coffee mug. I have, I need to see who I have today. I have Jose Maria Escriva. Uh, could you maybe read one of your quotes sure. on there? This one, prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God at his disposition and listening to his voice in the depths of our hearts. Mm. Mine, I have, um, <laughs> it just says, my God, what am I going to convert? <laughs> so um, I like Jose Maria Escriba, now St. Jose Maria Escriba, so we'll ask for their intercession. Yes. And we'll be going into chapter 7, which is between the Ascension and Pentecost, which I think for a lot of us is um, a little bit of a confusing uh, topic because we don't understand it because our church would look obviously different if we did. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to allow it to be unpacked. And for those who listen, uh, this will be our exact gospel for this Sunday. So praise God for his providence. Um, but I'll have um, Sarah read our gospel which is from Luke 24, 36 to 53. This is a little bit extra, but, you know, it's the word of God, so we'll let, let the Lord do his thing. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and supposed that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questionings arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. Um, I just preach on this and I know like people kind of laugh, but like, I think, uh, when Jesus is like, what do I have to do to let these people know? <laughs> and I, I love like just imagining Jesus eating, <laughs> yes. eating food. Um, and they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he just took and ate it for them. He's like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm eating, <laughs> chewing. I just wonder how hard he was chewing, how hard he was like, or how slow and looking at them being like, guys, I'm not a ghost. Like seriously. I am a real person. 
person. Uh, I'm a real person. I think that's uh, what the Chosen series does so well. Like they they reveal the humanity of mm-hmm. Jesus, and I His think sense of humor. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think um, if I give any encouragement before we kind of jump into this, is uh, we're going to be doing a Eucharistic procession on the 13th of May to kind of end our semester, and um, we just kind of came up with an idea of like food fellowship and follow. So food is like more than just food, but sometimes. You know, when you're with people, do you even know what their favorite food is? So, obviously, Jesus loves fish. Like, it's pretty clear <laughs> through the Gospels. If you have to say, what is his favorite food? It's got to be a fish or bread, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, when you're with people, like, do you know what their favorite food is? Or, like, you know, their favorite coffee or whatever. And then start there and then eventually become their friend over time. And then, you know, ask them, do you, over time, do you want to follow Jesus? So, food, fellowship, and follow. So, if you want to steal that, you can. I'm sure somebody else coined it, but it came to me and... We're in a meeting last week, so if you want to join us for that uh, Eucharistic recession, uh, please call us and we'll get you hooked up. So, awesome. Random comment, but we'll go forward mm-hmm. here. Um, on page 119, um, Erasmo Lieva Maricakis uh, talks about the importance of empty and being filled. So he's talking about the need for, in order for, him, for the time of full empowerment to arrive, uh, he has to leave. So he has to, he has to, he emptied himself upon the earth and now he wants to fill us um, with his spirit. And that that's like, you know, uh, he says further on 119, he says, Jesus can surely be counted on to bring nothing but peace and strength. But even the, in the face of such bounty, the disciples are startled, frightened, and suppose they saw a spirit. Um, to go on further, he says, the glorious wounds that he bears are proof of life out of death and also of the fact that this one before them is the same Jesus they had known before the cross as a friend and master. Basically, he's saying, handle me and see. So, like, Jesus wants us to, to touch his wounds. He wants us to move into him um, to know that he will always provide. Um, just kind of wondering, maybe, Sarah, you could comment on just the uh, idea of emptying yourself before Jesus in order to be filled with his spirit. Because mm-hmm. that's a big part of what's happening. So, he says he's ascending to the Father. So, he's emptying himself onto this world so he can fill us with his spirit I was kind of wondering um, how that has been for you or even what you've got yeah. out of this chapter. Well, what I'm seeing in connection to that is also on this page, he talks about waiting, this communal waiting and trust mm-hmm. and obedience. And, of course, we know our culture is horrible at waiting. We want everything I'm instantly. Not, I'm, I'm great at it. I'm never impatient. <laughs> We're never impatient. We're not, but everyone else Yeah, is. right, yeah. Um, and I think... What we do instead of wait, that like expectation and longing and letting that build, we escape. So mm. we find things mm. that will fill the void yep. that are not of God. And he's saying, no, don't go to those things. Just mm-hmm. wait. Be present. Trust me. I am mm-hmm. coming. But you need to have some time for your heart to expand so that you can receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And that happens as we wait. That even like the benefits of waiting, like what does waiting allow you to do? Maybe to seek counsel. Uh, ben, it, it would allow you to, to ask others, like, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Like, making sure you're not a weirdo mm-hmm. or you're not, I don't know, like, an importance um, just to say, like, is there anything in me that is, is not allowing me to uh, fully receive the Holy Spirit? So we talk about, you know, strongholds or footholds or mm-hmm. even lies I might be believing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think uh, we say things like, well, I don't think that's a sin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's make sure you're fully ready to have a Pentecost in your soul 
But that can be scary because also in the waiting, there's this unknown. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the, the disciples are. Um, like, what is it? And then we're going to talk about this next is like, what does it mean to wait to be in Christ Jesus? Like, I think like we say in Christ, or we pray in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? I was wondering if maybe you could kind of uh, look at page 120 and talk to us about um, how Erasmo talks about that on the bottom paragraph. Yeah, I I was really drawn to that section, mm-hmm. partly because I don't remember who said this. It was in a homily or a sermon at some point in my life. They said, if you could understand the word in in Paul's letters, you would understand all of his theology because mm-hmm. he's ta- constantly talking about being in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what Erasmo brings out is how odd that would have been for their culture. Like, no Greek or Roman person would have said, I'm in Jupiter. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. They would not have related to that. But what Paul is calling people to, what Jesus is calling people to, is not to have, like, this distant relationship, but actually to be in him, Mm -hmm. uh, to enter into him and his life, into the divine life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're they're waiting for, that the Holy Spirit will come and really seal that for them, mm-hmm. that they'll be in Christ. Um, and as you were talking about waiting, what struck me was how helpful it is to wait with someone who has experienced what you're waiting for. Oh, yeah. And the mm-hmm. disciples are doing that. They're with Mary, who has mm-hmm. already experienced what it's like to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So what a gift she must have been to them. Yeah. I wonder if they were asking her, like, well, what was it like when the Holy Spirit came on you, Mother Mary? Yeah. Can you talk to me about that so I'm ready for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you're waiting, I think it's helpful to find people who already are living the life that you are waiting for and just be mm-hmm. with them, ask them, talk to them, see what they're like. Uh, yeah. The way the disciples did that with Mary. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, even people who have suffered a lot, I think, and are still persistent in their faith are always good ones to go to. Like sometimes, like one of my uh, priest heroes is Father Luke Strand, and him um, battling, uh, obviously with God's grace, of course, through stage four cancer, mm-hmm. and still being with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of like... Um, those who have gone through, you know, awful things like, you know, uh, what's his name, Walter Chizek, and, yeah. and He Leadeth Me, which is a great book. Like, what does it mean to abandon myself totally, God, to surrender mm-hmm. is what you're being asked to do. Um, but, like, I wouldn't, I mean, some people, they have that moment of, like, total clarity, and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I have nowhere else to go. If I don't do it now, I'm probably not going to do it, which would be like a John Henry Newman, Cardinal, mm-hmm. Saint Cardinal John Henry Newman. Um and, and there are those who, who need time. Mm-hmm. I think it's important just to let, let people, you know, be free. You know, we don't want to force the faith upon anyone. I would say faith is a proposal, not an impo- imposition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's proposed. So I think, like, if we don't propose the faith over and over and over and allow people to do that, but then we have to be firm enough to be like, okay, when are you going to make a decision? Mm-hmm. So Jesus is at this point ascending to the Father. He's like, it's time to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trust me. I will send the Spirit. Um, and again, who would know him better than his mother? So I think you, you uh, make an excellent point there. Um, also in there, um, in that paragraph we read, only a, po- a poet uh, could metaphorically say at, mm-hmm. at most that a lover bore his beloved in his heart. Yeah. So I think like that's the invitation is to live in the heart of Jesus, which is... Um, Oh my gosh! I don't. I don't even know if I have the <laughs> if I can talk about <laughs> yeah. that. But it's got to be full of love, full of mm-hmm. understanding, full of every single thing you need. You know, so you can wait, and then you you get that gift of understanding. I think a lot of us 
really need to pray for that gift of understanding. Like, help me understand what does this mean? Help me understand how to wait. Mm-hmm. Help me understand what other people are saying when they're so far ahead of me at times because people have waited or suffered much. Um, help me understand, and he's going to talk about this in page 122, but help me understand how I'm called to become uh, what I've seen in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because that's a call of a Christian is to be Christ to others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's just that, that spending that time waiting. Um, not always easy. I know when I first started seminary, I was like, oh my gosh, six years. It just seemed like <laughs> a long time. But it flew by. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't actually. And then I remember having this epiphany moment um, when I just kind of was sitting in my room. And I was like, I have three more years to deal with my stuff. Mm. I have three more years to to work on me. And then I'll, I'll be doing that a lot. But like seminary is a time to go in right. and make an eternal dwelling place for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father and the saints and Mary. Um, but that, that's also a hard thing because like, I'm realizing how impatient I can be because like what can happen in a man in seminary can take some of their whole life mm-hmm. if you're open mm-hmm. which might sound kind of scary for yeah. those who are listening because it's <laughs> just like there's so much grace in, in, the, in, the, set, in, the, in the formation yeah that's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah I'm just wondering why don't you talk about a few things I, I, I'm, not totally, <laughs> okay. I'm not totally prepared okay. for this yeah I know um, as you're talking I mean one thing that strikes me is the the conflicted feelings I've had about the ascension over the course of my life. So as we were preparing for this, I mm-hmm. said that in my tradition growing up, we didn't really talk about the ascension. I don't remember ever hearing a sermon on the mm-hmm. ascension, which doesn't mean it wasn't talked about. I might have missed it, but it didn't come out to me. Mm-hmm. And so this first sermon I remember hearing about the ascension was when I was on a Catholic retreat mm. on the Feast of the Ascension. And the priest there talked about, you know, how Jesus is ascending to the Father, returning home, and taking our humanity into the heart of the Father. Mm. So to be in Christ is to be in the Blessed Trinity as he Mm -hmm. does that, and the hope that that gives us. And for me, I mean, when I had thought about the ascension, what came to mind is I didn't really like it. Like, I wanted Jesus here. Why did he have to go away? Right, right. (laughs) And so I never understood how the disciples could have this experience of great joy that Luke talks about as they are watching Jesus ascend and then returning to Jerusalem without him. Um, yeah. But it's that new presence that is made possible through the ascension, mm-hmm. that being in him because he's taking our humanity into the heart of the Trinity. Yeah, and that's so abstract. I keep mm-hmm. thinking, like, uh, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they talk about the living in, in, in the economy of the Trinity mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like, I think that um, the icon, uh, what's his name? I can't think, it starts with a D. It's a famous icon of the Trinity. And it has like the image of the of the son looking at the father, the father mm-hmm. looking at the son, but neither of them are looking at themselves. In the middle of the icon is is the chalice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a like the it's, it's a, uh, I wish I could figure out what it is, but anyways, um, but I think like that's kind of going up like page one twenty three, um, when it talks about like becoming a living temple, mm-hmm. or another word for temple could be chalice, mm-hmm. uh, emptying yourself into the other, not being focused on self, but like. That's what heaven's going to be in the presence of complete love in this. Yeah, and we're trying to use, you know, words that help explain heavenly realities. Right, which is very which hard is, to do. Which is difficult to do, so please uh, be patient with yeah. us. Um, but he talks about on page 123, that is uh, Father Simeon Erasmo, uh, Mary Cockies. He says, 
um, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Talking about Mary and knowing like uh, in this endeavor, um, first of all, Jesus will be with you mm-hmm. and he's going to overshadow you. So he's going to protect you. That doesn't mean, mean it's always going to be easy, mm-hmm. but um, we see, and we see Mary as that archetype of the devil could never get at her because she was humble, mm-hmm. right? Humble enough to say, God, you might be smarter than me. You know more <laughs> right. than me. Uh, your 2,000-year-old tradition in the Catholic Church might have mm. a thing or two to say about a thing or two. Mind you, not, not that all the people are perfect in it, uh, but the church as the bride of Christ is perfect. Mm-hmm. And that desire for union is, yeah, it's we're raised up to that end of the Trinity, which mm-hmm. would be like being raised into the heart of the Father. Again, <laughs> very abstract words, but for mm-hmm. some reason we are attracted to that. Something yeah. says, I think I need that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's kind of wondering, like, what were some of the graces on that retreat um, that help you understand the ascension? Because, like, again, the, the ascension, not my favorite homily to preach. <laughs> right. um, Trinity Sunday, not my That's favorite homily to preach. Too. Like, yeah, they're all um, they're so challenging because mm-hmm. they are heavenly realities. I don't know that, I mean, that was the beginning. The retreat was the beginning of me thinking, oh, maybe the ascension really is a good thing, like Scripture oh, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm still in the process of living into what that means. Um, but I had another retreat actually last summer that I spent some time with the Ascension and Mm -hmm. there it was about remembering the victory of Christ. Mm. So Christ is the victor and a victor has to ascend to and mount his throne. So Mm. that's what he's doing during the Ascension. So there was another, you know, moment of like, oh, okay, this is another good thing that happens. He's ruling and reigning. We don't see the effects of that in the way yeah. that we always want to right now, but he has he has conquered. He is on the throne. Yeah, that's actually um, like a really good point because on Tuesday night, we, we've been doing discipleship groups with uh, Father John Ricardo, another one of my priest heroes, and he talked about um, when we say Jesus is Lord, which might be another way of saying being in Christ or being in Jesus, it means, is Jesus truly my Lord and my ruler? Like, is he in control of everything? He used the image of, if you have a deed for your house or your car, whose name is on it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Or your bank account or any other area of your life where you think yeah, it's off limits. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's freedom there because, like, he's just going to give you what you need. That's, like, his whole thing. Not necessarily what you want, but what you need. And he'll give you enough money to, to do what you need to do. Um, and then like, he said, or is he like my, uh, advisor, Mm. you know, or like when I need him, I go to him when I need him. When I get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and that's the invitation I think is to surrender, um, to that. And he said the problem, uh, that we don't surrender, we don't abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. to the, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, like Mary, right. Um, the problem is, is, is the heart. And you talk about the spiritual heart being the place of encounter as the um, catechism talks about it. But I think like the more we spend time, the more we give God our time, which I think is the, the, the one thing he wants more than anything, which is, I think, everything. Um, the more we come to understand how compassionate he is and how uh, he does want to woo us. Mm-hmm. He does want to mm-hmm. let us be with a shadow out of a doubt like that. We're, we're going we're gonna to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's the question. Will he take care of me? Will he provide mm-hmm. And then the other image that Father Ricardo gave, like, if, you're, if your life is a, a car right now, who's in the driver's seat? Mm. 
are you in the passenger seat or are you in the driver's seat? And I think like there's a, such good images because with Mary, she's clearly mm-hmm. in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. And, there, and, and, they, and if we could do anything like that Mary did last words of her, of her are do whatever he tells mm-hmm. you to do. And I think for a lot of us, what is Jesus telling us to do? I think he's just like, come spend time with me. I want to I come into your life and, yeah, watch the game with you. I want to read the book with you. I want to go play sports with you. I want to do everything with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. So mm-hmm. Ricard, Father Ricardo talked about the solution to the problem being the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because clearly here it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the Holy Spirit. I just wanted maybe if you could talk about um, just below that on page 124, when they talk about Acts 242, so like right now in the church, we're looking at the book of Acts, which is the apostles acting. It's an active uh, word. And talking about what did what did the early church devote themselves to? Mm-hmm. So how are we sure if we are fulfilling the mission of the apostles? Because what did they do? Because probably the most important thing that we could be doing. Yeah, well, before I do that, though, as you were talking, is the temple imagery that comes mm-hmm. before that is mm-hmm. kind of standing out to me because... That self-surrender, that act of giving of oneself is what the temple is meant to help us realize. So mm-hmm. Erasmo talks about how there are these three images of the temple from the Old Testament. You have the physical, literal temple. Mm-hmm. You have Mary uh, as the living temple who carries Jesus within her. And now mm-hmm. the church and all of us is being a spiritual temple. And a temple is a place where worship happens. Um, and so that for me, connects to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 of being mm-hmm. a living sacrifice. So you are yeah. the temple, you are also the sacrifice. So that's like what's on like, the altar. Like is everything on the altor? Yeah, is it yeah. is your time? Does, doesn't he yeah. say like also like and be, and be renewed by the transformation yeah, of your mind? right. Which would be a metanoia. Right, right. That's a new way of thinking. Yeah, so that's what worship is. It's giving your entire self, allowing the Lord to transform and renew you. And, you know, for all of us and all of our listeners, maybe something we can do today is ponder, like, is there a place in our life that we haven't fully given over to Jesus that he's inviting us to lay on the yeah. altar? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but getting back to your question. About... Sorry, I moved fast. <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you have active and contemplative going on here. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm a slow processor, too. Yeah. Uh, so Acts uh, 2, 4, verse 42 and following. Yeah, we have, he lists them teaching, healing, praying, breaking the bread of the Eucharist, preaching. And then you don't see this in Acts <laughs> and right there, but eventually they go to their deaths to proclaim Jesus. So the ultimate act of sacrifice and of proclamation. Um, yeah, and those are the things the church is invited to, asked to be mm-hmm. doing today. Um Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you look at that list, there are probably things where like, oh, well, maybe I'm doing that and maybe I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's being devoted. I think even like in Matthew 16, um, also in Mark chapter 8, Jesus talks about, um, he just looks back at the disciples. They've been with him for a while now. And he says, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in honest, all honesty, most Catholics and Christians have never done that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, can, we, can we be humble enough to admit that, yeah, I mm-hmm. denied part of my life. But really, I'm just kind of living as, a, as Father Mike Schmidt says, as a practical atheist. Mm-hmm. I live as if it doesn't exist. Because if Jesus is Lord, you know, he says, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and then follow me. And where is he going? Well, he's going to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, and he's, he's saying, like, 
you're gonna be hurt it's gonna be right. painful but the reward um is joy peace detachment mm-hmm. you know i think often if we like if we for example if you give somebody a gift um you give it freely mm-hmm. if you give them yourself you give it freely you have, you have, like there's no mm-hmm. strings attached and i think that's the worldly person when they give there's something saying like well i hope they do this with this money or they hope to do this with this card yeah. or whatever it's like to give without counting right. the cost right and i think that's a freedom of like in doing that in acts 242 i'm, I'm gonna spend time in healing um saying like what in me is so broken that i feel like i i deserve something in return like christ mm-hmm. gave himself fully on the cross mm-hmm. he didn't expect anything he even forgave those who were murdering right. him right? right um the breaking of the bread like obviously that's that's the mass i don't know how anybody can interpret that any other way um because even luke 24 as we were reading you know but right before this it says he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread right. like uh it's like obviously he's because they said we actually he, have the icon right next to us that we're oh. looking at the breaking of the bread oh yeah um i think like that's just saying like he's walking with them in the wrong direction but then they go, they, they turn around and they go back to jerusalem mm-hmm. they go come come bat their fears mm-hmm. and those people they are not free with and i think that's the invitation um for pentecost is you're going to be if you want a pentecost in you in your parish um in your home in your family you should say what am i so afraid of mm-hmm. and the holy spirit gives us the grace to not be afraid anymore mm-hmm. like there might be reservation because the the spirit saying no mm-hmm. or right. this is not going to be easy right but that gift of fortitude that yeah. the holy spirit promises to us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that that's found in waiting of like but i think that's a, a call but that, that's invitation is like you don't have to have a troubled heart anymore. Um, Father Adam Bradley preached about that with uh, Father Jim Jugendheimer's mom passing away yeah. at Lovell, and he repeated that words like, "The gift of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit is to not be have a troubled heart mm-hmm. anymore, because if you're living in the heart of the Father, if you're living Acts two forty two, spending time with the teaching and really like, wow, Holy Mother Church is wise, mm-hmm. being healed, saying wow, Holy Mother Church desires to heal mm-hmm. me." Oh, she actually wants to pray with me, you know, in adoration, mm-hmm. uh, feed me with his body and blood, and then so I can go do the same for others. Mm-hmm. It's it's not very troubling. It's actually very comforting. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the consoling heart of Jesus, um, that he wants to be known to us in the Eucharist, and he also wants to fill us with his spirit, is just like, we have a really, really awesome God. Yes, we do. You know? Who's so generous with us? Mm-hmm. Even when we're stingy, he's still generous. Yeah, with and us. it's not like any this is anybody. It's 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 a God of the universe who's unlike anything and any promises. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a promise from like I don't know a person that's burned you. This is a promise from God. I think like He promises that to us. Like, I promise, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the hard, hard thing is is we don't wait. Yeah, like, we, wanna, we escape. Yeah, we don't wait. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. and we also have to give him permission. Mm-hmm. Like, say, Jesus, you can come here. Right. There are no lines drawn in the sand in my life in this area. And I think that's, is there any, it might be a question to me we can kind of end with. Is there any area, like we've kind of talked about many images already, but like, is there any areas where you have uh, a line drawn in the sand? Mm-hmm. You say, you are not allowed here, Jesus. And it's like, well, then it'd be very hard for me to fill you with my spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to cleanse the whole mm-hmm. temple, so to speak. I need to come completely into you like Mother Mary. Um, and we have to allow it. Mm-hmm. And I think like, or will it, you know, maybe a thing. Um, and it might be, maybe we could kind of close with that. Maybe he's closing a prayer. Because um, he closes by saying, Erasmus says, this is what God's power does in us. When we allow it to enter us by making ourselves available to it through prayer, obedience and charity, when we empty ourselves 
into our lives of other projects and wait for his grace and face, we can turn to the world and speak boldly with our lives of the mighty acts of God. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants to do mighty acts in you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, to finish, he says, the fulfillment of our destiny to become fully God's adopted children in glory depends radically on two things, our adoration of the Son of God and our total surrender to him. So we will uh, just close in prayer for those who are listening to know that the joy the Lord wants his joy to leap in your heart so it can leap from your heart to others and to receive um, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's close in prayer. And if you want to add anything, Sarah, at the end, I'll, I'll open up for you too. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask for the gift of understanding mm-hmm. and trust to fall upon us and our listeners. We ask for the, the gift to understand that we are temples and that Jesus desires to come into us and to send all that is broken into us and bring it to the heart of the Father and pour out his Holy Spirit upon us so we can have a new Pentecost, not just in 30 or 40 days, but today. Please reveal to us with the light of your Spirit, Father, any areas where we are unaware of that we've not abandoned to you, we've not trusted you, any areas where we have signs up to say off limits. And Mother Mary, as the Holy Spirit fell upon fell upon you and overshadowed you, we just ask that you teach us how to trust. Teach us how to give God our full yes so that we can do what Jesus commands us to do, to love one another, to pray, to learn the teachings of the church and the apostles, to be healed, to break the bread, to go to Mass more often, and to offer our lives up as a living sacrifice. And I'll add you, Sarah, if you'd like to add anything. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of these mysteries that we've talked about today, which we do ask for a deeper understanding of by the power of your Holy Spirit. But we also thank you that they're beyond our comprehension fully in many ways. They're just so awesome and beautiful because you are awesome and beautiful, Lord. We want to be in you. We want to be locked away in your heart, protected by your love, filled with your spirit, with your joy, your peace, hope, love, faith. So continue to fill us anew, fill our listeners anew each day. May we wait with patience in those moments that you are asking us to wait, and may we act with courage when you ask us to act. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of your very self to us in the Holy Spirit, and give us courage each day to offer the gift of our very selves to you in return. Thank you, Mary, for your example. You're a beautiful model of what that is. Continue to teach us. Continue to lead us, Holy Spirit. And we'll close by praying, come Holy Spirit, three times. Come Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come Come, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come Come, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Make all these prayers in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.